Episode 410, interview with Steve Case, the author of The Frankenstein Book of Prayer. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens, and I'm Ben, Ben Avery, one of the co-hosts of the of the show. I'm here alone as far as the Strangers and Alien hosting goes, but I'm not here alone because I do have a special guest, and this is something that I've been trying to do uh, more often, especially as Evan and, and Steve have been having uh, different scheduling issues that we've had to, to work around. Um, and so as they are kind of backing out a little bit, not completely, but a little bit, um, I'm trying to see like, what ways can I fill in the gaps without it just being me and <laughs> just being me talking? And one of the things I thought about was as I was you know, doing and publishing my, my book, Ghosts of the Future, I started thinking about, boy, it'd be nice if there were some venues for me to be able to get out there with, which I've, I've had a couple people have me on their podcast. And I thought, well, why can't we use our platform in that same way to, to help other people who have a new book or who have some sort of content that they're trying to get out there and get promoted? So on a Facebook page, I'm, I saw this book. And this book is called The Frankenstein Book of Prayer. I have it in my hands, my grubby little hands right here. And I also have the author, Steve Case. He is here as well to talk about this book. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing really good today. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. And I'm really good. excited to talk about this with you. I don't know um, if you have listened to any of our episodes. You probably have not listened to any where I've talked about Frankenstein, the, the novel and the movies. But Frankenstein, the novel, is one of my top, I would say, top three novels of all time, as far as my favorite novels. Um, Till We Have Faces is number one, always. Uh, but Frankenstein, it, it might fluctuate a little bit with, you know, if I was hard pressed, though, it would definitely be in that, that top three. Um, and so when, when I saw you post about this on one of those Christian podcaster groups or something like that, um, I was like, I, I got to get this book. I got to talk to this guy. This sounds so interesting. The Frankenstein book of prayer. And so here we are. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, how, how, how long have you been writing? And, you know, I know you've done some other books, but um, you know, where does this yeah. fall in your, your, your writing path, your writing I, journey? Uh, I, I started writing probably 35 years ago. Uh, I've done a number of books of, of curriculum for ver various publishers, group and, and, you know, Zondervan and Cokesbury. And I wrote, wrote a lot of curriculum along the way, did some stuff for Pilgrim Press. And somewhere in there, I, I started also, uh, I, this is going to sound weird, but I, I've written everything from analyzing the work of a 17th century monk. And then I followed that up with a book of biblical fart jokes. <laughs> it, it, it just it, the way my brain works. I have to have that <laughs> that balance in there. I can't go totally serious theology without throwing in, you know, Jesus telling dad jokes, which is ironic on its own. But I've been yeah. writing for about thirty five years. I've also been a youth pastor uh, for about that long. Right. So. Excellent. Excellent. Fart jokes work when you're a youth pastor. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So this book here. 
Yes. Uh, the Frankenstein Book of Prayer. Yes. Uh, I just want to I just want to jump in and talk about this thing because uh, it's exactly what we do here on Strangers and Aliens, which is take something from pop culture. Which I mean, Frankenstein, you can't get much more pop culture than this. I mean, this is just has been everywhere. Is considered by some people the original novel that is not yours, but considered yeah. by some people to be the first uh, science fiction novel or the very first science fiction novel that actually was using uh, science ideas that actually were kind of scientific <laughs> instead of yeah. alchemy and things like yeah. that. Um, so Mary Shelley, she, she did that book and it just, the, the story behind that book is so fascinating, but then the story that the book presents is fascinating. And in this, I mean, you go through the story of Frankenstein, like yeah, it's, it, it, it is fascinating the, the way that you use that. So yeah. How, where'd this come from? How did this start before we get into the details? Okay. And, uh, like I told you before, I got some post-it notes with some places I want to kind of stop and, and talk about, but yeah. So yeah. Where'd this come from? Uh, I have always been fascinated with the Frankenstein story. I, I, the first time I saw the movie, I was probably eight years old, which is God, 50 years ago now on local Cleveland, Ohio television, you know, where the idiot comes out in, in his Superman suit and he's super host and he's going to show movies and do dumb skits and things like that. And they showed Frankenstein and I was just enthralled and I loved every minute of, of that 1931 movie. And I didn't actually read the novel until high school. And then realized you know, the movie isn't even close to what <laughs> to to the original novel. And the novel was just just blew me away. And uh, you know, I've done everything, seen all of the movies. I've read different novels. I've collected Frankenstein action figures. You know, everything. And also being six foot four with a big square head and kind of a lumbering gait, I picked up. Frankenstein is a nickname more than once in my life. So it it's always been part of who I was. And uh I I was rereading it and I also, you know, years ago picked up a a, a fascination with prayer books. I was working for the Episcopal Church at the time. And, you know, so I had the Book of Common Prayer, and then someone gave me another Book of Prayer, and then I, I got a copy of the Quran, and I got, you know, I, I loved prayer books, and I had antique ones and modern ones, and, and just, and somewhere along the way, those two ideas just sort of collided with each other. And I wanted to go back and look at the idea that the creature, the Frankenstein's monster, was this intelligent and he could reason and he could speak and he could read and he had questions about you know reality and questions about his origin and you know and the it just sort of melted together and i so i started writing down the ideas what would this creature pray and he, this is it's one of the most tragic creatures or characters mm -hmm. in literature yeah, yeah. And and how would you how would you reckon how would that that person, that being, understand what it means by creation? What would his idea of father be? You know, how how could he reconcile father all loving, all knowing, all wonderful, all caring, embracing God and his father is 
one who put him together from dead people and ran screaming from the room the first time he saw his <laughs> face. You know, that, how, how would you do that? And that was, so I started writing down the prayers. Once I got the first one down, the rest of the book, I pretty much did in a matter of days. It ju they just kept, it just kept coming out. So, yeah. And, and this is definitely not a book where I would sit down and like, read the prayers as a liturgy kind right. of thing. But it is absolutely a book that caused me to take some time. It's a short book yeah. uh, and was very quick and easy to read, but it wasn't a quick book because it was the kind of thing where it, it pushes you to think mm -hmm. and it pushes you to ask questions. And one of the, the deeper concepts in that book is what you were talking about with the father stuff, which as I've worked with uh, youth and worked with children, and uh, I remember the first time I encountered this was actually a, a former girlfriend of mine in college, where she just had a very, very hard time uh, relating to God uh, as her father, because mm -hmm. she had a horrible, horrible experience with her, mm -hmm. with her own father on earth. Exactly. And so just finding the way to like, you know, separate, okay, heavenly father from earthly fathers. And, yeah. and you get into that here and yeah. it's asking those questions and, um, yeah, I found it to be, I, th I think the word I, I sent to you was thoughtful mm -hmm. I, I, because that's an actual word, but, but meditative full is the word that I was kind of thinking like, about. Was like, I like that better. It, just, it caused me to, um, just take some time to meditate on this idea of our sinful fathers, our perfect, holy father, and then us, you know, and, mm. and how do we fit in there? Also made me think a little bit of the, the Rich Mullins song. I can't remember which one it is, but the lyrics are, uh, it talks about being forged in the, forged in the heart of the heat of human passion. Just that idea of we're forged by sinners, mm. but, you know, created and loved by, by God. And, and yeah, I mean, Frankenstein, the monster definitely, uh, yeah, <laughs> was forged by a sinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that whole, you know, parts, you know. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I like the I like the idea also of, uh, the the parts of the creature, um, and this isn't necessarily in the novel, but I, I like the idea of somehow those parts have memory, you know, or somehow yeah, though, you know, the idea of he's looking at something, a sunrise with eyes that aren't his, do they remember seeing a sunrise? Did they come from the same person? Who knows? <laughs> you know, I just like the idea of all of these pieces that make up this one being it, it, it works for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about the format of, of the okay. book then, uh, because it's not a, it's not a narrative. Right. It, it definitely pushes a narrative, but it's not written uh, in a third person where it's yeah. it's giving you the action and telling you what's going on. But it, it yeah. pushes a narrative, the, a pre-existing narrative that honestly, I feel like if you haven't read the novel, uh, but you, you're only familiar with just the basic ideas, which almost everyone in the world is familiar yeah. with the basic idea. I feel like you could still understand what's going on with this. But um, you say you wrote these as prayers, so let's let's dig in a little yeah. bit to that. Tell us a little more about just how you were using the prayers to to push the narrative, but also to push push the ideas. And um, and for those of you watching on video, you can kind of see here um, every page kind of starts by saying "All Father." Uh, at at one point, he goes from "Amen" to "Amen" and "Amen." Yes, and then um, that kind of 
if I remember correctly. No, he... There was one where I feel like he didn't say amen uh, after he said yeah, amen and yeah, amen. It started... He didn't... In my idea, in my idea that he didn't understand what amen was at the beginning. So some of the prayers at the beginning don't have an amen. And then it, when the creature talks with the old blind man in, you know, in the cabin, uh, the idea that amen means let it be so. And then amen, amen, the second amen is meant to mean make it so. So when we pray, you know, if you're trying to even teach a child how to pray, you say, if you say amen and amen, it's let it be so and then make it so. God, you know, we need to have this or we please help, you know, my family. Amen. Amen and amen is I'm going to I'm going to make it happen. I let it be so and make it so. That's the amen, amen. So that's the kind of Captain Picard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> version of the prayer. <laughs> there you go. Make it so. Make it so. Engage. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. So anyway, yeah. So these yeah. are all uh, different different yeah. prayers that, that he would be praying. It's kind um, of got the hand scrawled. The, the font yeah. is looks like it would have been written by a child. You know, it is the of like here's here's the creature who's been given a pencil, and I'm going to write this down. And it also lends to the, there's a certain innocence to it, to it, mm -hmm. to the creature who doesn't understand. And, you know, I'm working with hands that aren't mine. How do you, so you're, you're going to actually try to write this down. It's going to look like a five-year-old wrote it. So. Yeah. And yeah. again, going back to just the pieces and parts idea, like right. that's a, that's a fascinating sci-fi exploration that you really can't really get into the idea of this in real life and you're not going to read about this in a Jan Karen novel or you know, where, yeah. uh, where you're kind of getting to the ideas of where is our soul housed you know when yeah. you have this spiritual side that is connected to this physical how does that work and as he's sorting through he, and what's nice about the book is with, with yours you, you don't really even answer it necessarily it's he's he's sorting through like these ideas and um we all you know. right Right, exactly. And that's what I liked about it. See, for me, Frankenstein the novel is one of the most spiritually complex novels, but it's spiritually complex because it kind of is sidestepping and doesn't really dive into the real spirituality of mm -hmm. uh, in, in real spiritual questions. It, it, it gets into these things and creates situations that cause you to think about them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so that's for me is one of those things where when I read that novel, it gets me thinking about things and it gets me, you know, exploring these ideas, which is what, again, uh, science fiction and fantasy are great at. And then you kind of just hang a lampshade on it and like, okay, these are my thoughts about yeah. what his thoughts could be yeah. as he was possibly exploring these ideas. And uh, what was the what was the most fun part of writing this then? Like as you're doing these prayers and as you're kind of oh. doing this crazy imaginative way of exploring his story what was the most fun part for you i liked giving a voice to uh uh to the the this creature that has been a part of my life since i was eight years old you know I, and uh the i always liked the misunderstood aspect of it i loved boris karloff uh, but then as as even <laughs> as those movies got 
they did more and more of them, it became less of of the innocence, this childlike being, into more of the you know, and mindless you know, being, yeah, the, the mindless, mindless yeah. mumbling, shambling, you know, creature from that just sort of meandered his way through, you know, the back hills of Transylvania or, <laughs> or wherever it was said, you know, when he met Dracula or Wolfman or any of those. Or but Abbott and Costello. There you go. Frankenstein meets <laughs> Abbott and Costello. And, or, you know, but I like the, um, I wanted to give a voice to that, that, that struggling innocence person. And part of it was because of, you know, my experience over the years working with you that they're, tr they're trying to figure out who am I? Where did I come from? What am I? What is my purpose? All of those questions that we have all asked ourselves, and many of us still do, well into middle age. Like, why <laughs> am I here? What is my purpose? Why are we doing this? You know, and that cre the creature would have the same questions. Well, and I think, yeah, from from the moment you're able to start understanding things to the moment when you take your last breath, you're yeah, you are you have to confront things of origin and things of ending. Yes. You know, and, and you have to confront this, okay, what more is there, you know, and, yeah. and that's where for, for us here, strangers and aliens, like the, the answer is, is Christianity. Like this is mm -hmm. God loves the world. And, mm -hmm. and, but here you have this guy, yeah. this monster who people yeah. run away from and, and he's asking how could, you know, the, the part if, of, um, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the original pitch black movie with Vin Diesel. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I adore that movie. And I liked the, the debate, the ongoing argument between Riddick and the priest in that movie, where they're arguing about where is your God now mm -hmm. priest, you know, and in the end where, you know, Riddick is saying to the, the pilot, the captain of the, of the ship, saying, you would die for them? And she says, yes. And then, not, you know, spoilers, she <laughs> buys, she, she dies, and he's going, no, you're not, not for me. You know, yeah. I don't deserve that, your sacrifice. You know, you're not for me. And then, at some point, the priest, when he, when he turns around and he goes back to rescue the priest and, and the girl, and the priest says, there is my God. That's my God. You came back for us. And I, I, that fascinated me. And the, I, and in a lot of ways, there's that same creature. This is, this is, this guy is supposed to be evil or we see him as evil, but no, there's something in him. God is in him too. Doesn't matter who you think you are or who other people say you are. God is in you. You are part of God. We are all in this, in this together somehow. Well, and that's yeah. kind of the the weight of glory idea that C.S. Yeah. Lewis wrote about, where it's uh, if you could see the worst sinner, you'd fall down on your knees, not because of his sin, but because God created him in His image, yeah. and you would be see if you could see who him for who he truly was, you would see and understand God created that person yeah. in His own image, and yeah. um. Yeah, you know, uh, what that exactly means, I don't exactly know, but I know this. It means like like you're saying, like uh, our relationship with God is vital mm -hmm. to human existence, and if you're, you have to be asking those questions and be looking to like 
find truthful answers to. Mm. And that's one of the, the things that's interesting here, too, is that, um, of course, you have the blind man in the actual novel and he shows yeah. up in the in the movie. But um, so you use that here. Uh, but you have him like he's looking for these answers and he's mm. he's seeing that God can be an angry God. But then he's, again, comparing God to his yeah. own father. And the other thing that happens with with your with your book and I was glad to see this because I'm like, what is he going to do? What is he meaning you, not Frankenstein's monster? <laughs> okay. uh, what is he going to do at the end when the monster does go and murder people and yeah. becomes a murdering murderer who murders? And yeah. um, and just the way that you explored that, that, that really worked well for me too. I don't want to talk too much about specifics there because it's toward the end okay. of the book. Uh, you know, we don't want to spoil yeah. everything, but yeah, but you do address but, it. You get into it, and I appreciated that. But even <laughs> even if you know, if the, if this book sends somebody back to the original novel, who's always known, you know, the green cartoon Frankenstein, you know, the Halloween shop Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, but if yeah, that would be yeah, that would be cool too. But yeah, I like the the idea of of yes, the the creature kills people but in in his mind it's the way it works for him is there should be no more frankensteins you know i, I am you know the the creation of this guy and there should be no more there should be so he winds up taking out any anybody who has the frankenstein name or is about to have the frankenstein <laughs> name you know that kind of thing and and he's going to in his mind he's doing what should be done by by and that involves killing these other people it's that uh if you could time travel would you kill hitler as a baby you yeah know, like and because <laughs> hmm. on the one hand hitler on the other yeah. hand at this point he's still innocent and yeah course there there's been some nice play on that in some stories yeah. i've seen i can't remember was it outer limits no it was one of the newer twilight zone remakes where yeah. this person goes back in time and uh does does kill the, the hitler as a child but hitler's parents don't know him very well and they aren't familiar with what he looks like because they have a nanny taking care of him and so the nanny goes and kidnaps another baby and mm -hmm. And so the time travel, yeah. it, was, it was destined to happen all along that that person would go back in time, do what he did to cause yeah. her to get that other child and that other child in the upbringing that they give uh, ends up becoming becoming Hitler. And it's that's yeah, a cool it's, one. Yeah. No, I, 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 there's I like some that. really neat, you know, you get to the time travel paradoxes and there's yeah. some fun stuff. And uh I like I, one of the things I love about time travel is you have as long as the people stay true to what they're doing, you can do so many different things and you can take the same basic idea and come up with, well, logically speaking, this is what would happen. Also, yeah. logically speaking, this is what would happen. Also, logically speaking, it would create another. It, it was just there, you what? could take it any number of directions. Yeah. What's the <laughs> one where the, where the guy steps on a butterfly and or he, got, he looks and he, uh, they go back. Sound in time. of Thunder, I think. There you Ray go. Bradbury, yeah. And he, yeah. and he like they, they get back to the present, and he looks, and there's a <laughs> butterfly on his shoe. It's like that's all it took. You know? And it's all the the world is lizard people. Yeah, 
because because <laughs> you got to have lizard people. Well, I mean, know? come on. Who, if you have a chance for lizard people, you you want to take <laughs> yeah. it. You want to take that chance. You have so. to put a lizard person, you know, <laughs> in the book somewhere. You know, so. So uh, I asked you what was the most enjoyable part of writing mm. the book. What was the hardest part writing this? Uh, staying, trying to stay true to the, the character and uh, trying to make him sympathetic. You know, mm. the Boris Karloff pulled it off by just, you know, saying, friend, you know, it's like mm -hmm. one of the only lines in the whole movie. And it's like, oh, and you then you <laughs> goes and does horrible things like, oh, and you you wish you could go and help him, you know, when you see yeah. it. And, I, yeah. and so finding the line where I, I wish I could go and, and, and rescue this guy who I wish I could be there and not be the one who runs from from his face and, and I could be the one who helps him. And then it's it's like stepping back and watching your best friend do something horrible. And you're like, oh, if I had just been there, you know, that finding that line, there's a line between the innocence and the evil that has to stay on that razor's edge before you yeah. go one way or the other. That was that that was probably the hardest part. Well, I, I feel like I mean, I also had my previous experience with the character, uh, but but reading this and if I was doing this as a uh, a book review video on YouTube, yeah. my book review videos on YouTube are is it worth reading? Yeah. And I answer the question. Um, clearly, I have you here and I'm yes. holding the book and I'm smiling about it. Is it worth yeah. reading? Yes, it's, it's worth reading. <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> uh, and so I'm actually probably not going to do an is it worth reading about this since we're doing okay. this. This will go out on YouTube as well. So um, but but is it worth reading? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm promoting it to say, okay. hey, there's there's valuable insights in here and there's there's interesting ideas and, and all that. Um, so when people read this book, what are you hoping that they walk away with. And it doesn't have to, I, I mean, some people have a lesson they want people to have, or some people want, I want people to think about this, or some people just are, are hoping they had fun, you know, but yeah. what do you hope people walk away from this book with? I hope they, I hope they enjoy, you know, I, I think it, it, it fits into anybody who loves the Frankenstein story, you know, you know, like I got with, action figures and comic books and everything else with with monster I, I want to be able to add make my work part of that lore if, you know and if on a deeper level yes even you the idea that you know there's there's so much negativity where where someone says you're not you know, society will say to a person, you're not worth it, or God could not love you, or, mm. you know, and no, it, that isn't true. You know, God will love anybody, any, but, you know, any, you have, a, even the creature has a soul, maybe multiple souls, who knows, <laughs> but it's, it's a possibility. So, you know, yes, even you, God will love, even you, God will accept even you that, you know, it's not conditional it's it's god's love and that's why it's there so take this yeah. you know you have the creature who's on that line and just says even me yes even you so that's yeah, why it's, people take it starts away. with his love it doesn't end with you earning his love he right. starts out loving you. you yes i mean like most babies you know yeah there, i mean there's some families out there who that doesn't happen but Baby, I, 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 this is what I've used with uh, talking with kids and with uh, teens. <laughs> like, 
the baby doesn't do anything to make you love the baby. The baby just mm. looks cute. And maybe maybe that's about as much as they can do. In fact, yeah. they do a lot of things that would could possibly make you not love them, like scream and cry and wake you up, make you yeah. clean up their poop. Yes. Make you feed them. I mean, but you still love the baby, you know, I am because new, I am a new grandfather. So yeah. are you really <laughs> nice? <laughs> nice. And you're just you do. Oh, I them. But here's what my dad always said. <laughs> my dad said, having grandchildren is great because as soon as yeah. that happens, you can pass them right off to the parents and you don't have to take care of that part. <laughs> True. If I had so. known they were so much fun, I would have had the grandchildren first. Yeah. <laughs> my dad has also said that. <laughs> but then my mom used to say, I hope you have kids just like you. Oh, gosh. And and the curse worked. I did. Yeah. And I, there's been yeah. mo many moments where I'm like, oh, now I understand. I, I, ah. I worked so hard never to say that to my children as they were growing up. And now I'm watching my daughter with my grandchildren. And it's like, that's you right there. Yeah. Fortunately for me, my mom didn't say that out of anger. Ah, my mom would okay. say that, you know, in moments of levity and it's, we're being goofy. Yeah. Um, it still stuck with me. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, she she wasn't actually cursing me, although it did happen, you know, like, uh, um, yeah, but that's the interesting thing. Yeah. You talk about Frankenstein yeah. being built of all these different pieces. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's reality, too, where you have multiple parts that I recognize myself in my child. I recognize yeah. my wife in my child. Yes. In some ways, I recognize uh, even my parents in yeah. my child and sometimes my siblings in my child. And it's all these kind of, uh, you know, it's. Uh, it's nurture and nature, and it's all yeah. these different things that form us into who we are. Uh, and then cognitively, it becomes, you know, what do we choose to do with that? And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. when yeah. it becomes a choice where uh, it is, it is, uh, yes, this is who I am, but I, I'm going to choose this path, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's, there's the idea of free will being. I was just thinking about this the other day with some other character. I can't think of it now, but but the idea, yes. Oh, it was it was Darth Vader. Somebody asked me about Darth Vader as a child, you know, in the, in the Phantom Menace, which uh, not my favorite of the Star Wars movies. But yeah, he, this is Vader as a child, and at some point, you make a choice on which path you're going to take. You know, he was a kid, just a kid like any other kid, and suddenly he makes the choice that goes this direction and that's yeah. what and then we get vader yeah phantom menace is not a perfect movie by any stretch i do appreciate it a little bit more as i get older and i don't know exactly why if it's uh stockholm syndrome or, or what it is <laughs> but i will say this as much as i wouldn't have gone that far back in yeah. the backstory or spent that much time that far back yeah. um it it is definitely a, a conscious choice for, for George Lucas to say, we're going to look at him when he was this innocent child yeah. that, you know, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and take a look and say, you know, Let's this monster it. was yeah. this little thing here, this cute little child that some people find annoying. Some mm. people don't. Um, but no matter how you look at it, we were all children. Yeah. <laughs> and we were all annoying. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, yeah. You could, you could say Anakin as a child is annoying, but guess what? So were you. Yes. I mean, <laughs> at some point, Hitler 
was a child. Hitler yeah. had a dog, and he loved it and and petted it and played games with his dog. Or his, and his, he had a childhood, and then became something else. You yeah. know, so the same thing. The jumble of everything. The yeah. The genetics and the upbringing and the environment you live in and the uh, the world that you live in and yeah. yeah. So we I'm, are. All, I, I'm There's so a little bit of Frankenstein posters. in all of us. Yeah, that's good. Save yeah. that for the end. Oh, I should have. I should have. <laughs> edit, edit, edit. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll put it as the tag. We'll, okay. I'll, I'll shop in. Uh, so here's something else I appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Was uh, because you call it the Frankenstein Book of Prayer. And this is something that I, I'm like, okay, so how is he approaching the name thing? Mm-hmm. How's he doing that? You know, mm-hmm. and I've always so this is this is my addition to the saying. It's not a great addition, but the saying is I think it goes like, uh, "Knowledge says Frankenstein is the name of the of the doctor." Yeah. Wisdom says Frankenstein is the monster. Yes, Doctor Frankenstein. But I say that understanding knows that the monster is a Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Like he is the son of what other name the, can he possibly exactly? Take? And so when people call the monster Frankenstein, I I, I just want to say don't call them out, don't call them out because the yeah, monster's yeah. name is Frankenstein. It's his son. It's his yeah. son. The people and, who say, "Well, it's Frank, it's Frankenstein's monster," and and it's like it's like the people who say, "Well, I'm a vegan." Like, Stop <laughs> it. Just well, it's <laughs> you don't have to tell me that. You know, it's is Frankenstein the monster? Or the creator, and the answer is yes. Both, yeah, yeah. It's just, um, but I, you went there, and yeah. I was glad. Like, there's that moment where he takes the name and says, "This is this who is, I this am. Is this is I what am. I am." And yeah, and in some ways, <laughs> wants to end himself as as well to make sure that his idea that there should be no more Frankenstein's. I'm going to make sure that once I take care of all these others, then I'm going to end myself in some ways. Yeah going off uh so let's pulling away a little bit from some of our philosophical musings a little um, let's talk about some of the frankenstein movies what are your favorite frankenstein movies or movie if you want to just claim one name it that's fine but um what do you think about some of the different frankenstein movies boris karloff 1931 best frankenstein movie uh Bride of Frankenstein, weird, but mm. it's got some beautiful photography and that you could almost watch it without sound and, and enjoy it. Uh, Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, probably my least favorite of the bunch. Okay, know? I was wondering. To, to actually wondering. say Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and then it has <laughs> nothing to do with Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Exactly. And he's just running through, you know, he's going <laughs> to... Victor Frankenstein is going to rip his shirt off and then he's got birthing fluid and electric eels. And it's like, what? (laughs) Where is that coming from? Uh, There was one Frankenstein, the real story, which was a TV movie. I could not finish that. You you didn't like it? I, I, I just couldn't get into it. I loved the bit with the arm, though, where he pulls pulls the dead man's arm out of the solution, and he go and the Victor goes to touch it, and the and the hand grabs him. <laughs> it's like ah, <laughs> it's still alive. It knows you, you know. And that was uh, the one with Jane Seymour, right? I think, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 
I bought it at Big Lots for like four dollars or something <laughs> like that. I was like, this would be great. And then I started watching. I was like, ah, I'll, it, I, I can maybe go back and, and try again. But it had it, it had some good a moments. lot of years, but. Uh, the one with Sting and Jennifer Beals, <laughs> uh, the Bride. That was that was weird. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, oh yeah, Abbott and Costello and Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Any of those that are just those are just popcorn. You know, you're yeah. not gonna yeah. you're not gonna find a lot of deeper meaning in those. But uh, I was surprised though with Frankenstein and the Wolfman. I was surprised how good it ended up being. Yeah. Like just the way, I mean, the way they brought the stories together yeah. and, you know, with, uh, he's, he's seeking out Dr. Frankenstein to find a cure for yeah. being a werewolf or whatever. And, and then the fight at the end, there is some cool yeah. cinematography to that. It was cheap. It was That's the one with on Bella a budget, Lugo but wasn't that with Bella Lugosi as the monster in that one? I think I so. I don't yeah. remember because I, I had read that, his by that time, Bella Lugosi was so bad, or or his acting was so bad. They actually made silence, so you see his mouth moving, but what's coming out of his mouth is, you know. Hmm. And they had to dub in other sounds because Lugosi's acting was <sighs> atrocious. Wow. So, but yeah, I'm a big fan of the old black and white ones. I, I love a good cartoon, and I'm surprisingly impressed by the DC Comics uh, Frankenstein. Just you know, the Frankenstein meeting Batman was was awesome, you know. Hmm. So I, I and I liked the you know the philosophy that he had in that was was pretty cool. So, yeah. but uh, well, I love his off. giant sword uh, in yes. the DC Comics version where he's got that huge sword. What do you think about the Marvel Comics version? Uh, now, tell me, tell me. Uh, okay, so that's going back I'm to more of a DC uh, the seventies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's going back to the seventies and I have not read too much new stuff with, with Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, but the it's Frank. Oh, monster of Frankenstein was the title. Um, but it takes place yeah. after the novel. So like he's, okay. it's almost a captain America type situation where he's frozen and they unfreeze and, yeah. um, and then he's running around the seventies and he's <laughs> doing his thing. Um, Frankenstein just running around the seventies. You know? yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was he's, along the same yeah. time they did, they had werewolf by night, uh, yeah. tomb of Dracula. And then um, those. monster Frankenstein. Frankenstein. And I don't remember Frankenstein. It didn't Marvel. last very long. So, Tomb of Dracula, I have the essential, the black and white collections that yeah, are just yeah. the giant phone book kind of a thing. Uh, Monster Frankenstein is the slimmest volume, and it's only one volume. Tomb of Dracula got three volumes. I okay. mean, they, they went for a long time with that. And it's fantastic. Yeah, I remember it is that one. wonderful. And then Werewolf by Night had, uh, I think it was two volumes. Or at least I have two volumes okay. anyway of those. But um, You're looking up. You have them up here, That's, don't you? It's my yeah. shelf. It is right up that, there. That's that where so I just cool. happen to have those essentials yeah. right there. So, like, yeah. you're looking up into the light, going, "God, <laughs> give me answers." Oh, there it is. Okay. Well, my recording studio is my my. It's a very small office. We just yeah. moved two years ago, so my office is only five feet across this way. Yeah. But my ceiling. We live in an old church. Wow. And so, um, when I say old church, it's a 1940s Protestant brick building church. Yeah. Yeah. But our, our living room is the old sanctuary, and then we have our bedroom and our two boys' bedrooms are rooms that they built into the side of that sanctuary yeah. area. So I have that sanctuary size ceiling, so the sh my shelves go up pretty high. Yeah. Um, that's and, awesome. Yeah, so that's why I'm like... <laughs> I always wanted to... I always thought it'd be cool to live in a church. 
That'd be so I always cool. thought it'd be cool too, but then I would think about oh, all the work that goes into it. Yeah. Fortunately for us, we someone had already done it. Like they okay. they did it. They lived here for almost a year uh, before they sold it. It was a pretty tragic situation why they needed to sell it. Yeah. But um, but they were glad that it actually went to a family that yeah. um they he was a he was not at the church where I'm at, but he was a pastor in the area and had five kids. So very similar uh, yeah. story to to ours. And they were glad that that a a family who was really needed it. But the other thing is. It was a real uh, seller's market here in town, mm. and a house would go on the market, and it would be gone in less than a week. Yeah. Usually, it doesn't even make it to the websites before yeah. it's it's picked up. I know that. This one. stayed on the market for mm-hmm. nine months, either because God was holding it for us or because <laughs> nobody wanted it yeah. because we don't have a yard. We have a parking yeah. lot, uh, literal, yeah. like. But which is cool. great. I've got three college age kids. They all have their own car. My wife and I have our own. We've got plenty of space. We can have visitors even if we're all home. So Tell me there's it's... a bell tower. Tell me there's a bell tower. No, no, oh, there's not a steeple. No steeple. That would have been so cool. There is an attic that okay. I don't, that doesn't have a floor. And okay. so I don't know if it used to be a, um, uh, I just lost the word balcony i don't know if there yeah. used to be a balcony yeah. in in here because yeah. it looks like it could have been but then you go and look up there and it's you can just see the um the boards and then there's the that feathery insulation oh. that kind of gets poured in okay. like from a yeah. long time ago and so every once in a while i'm like i want to go up there and actually climb up in there and see like is there floor in there yeah. somewhere could we put yeah. stairs in and and then I'm not in a five foot closet. Yeah. <laughs> so. Cool. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but enough about me and my house. Sorry about that. Yeah. We go. Rabbit uh, holes. Okay. But I did get to ask you about the yeah. Frankenstein Marvel comic. That was the important thing. Uh, okay. I, I was really curious. I, all three of those series, again, going back to the 70s, but yeah. all three of those series are just wonderful horror comics that yeah. uh, worked around what they needed to work around as far as like getting it up to date, bringing it to the modern seventies, yeah. modern, yeah. Um, and, and it worked well. So I just got yeah. a flash. Ooh, sorry. I just got a flash of, of a uh, blackula that, that classic oh. horrible movie. <laughs> that was so weird. What about Dracula dead and loving it? Oh God. <laughs> that was one of, one of Mel Brooks's, I love Mel Brooks so much. I did a term paper on on him in college, and, but Dead and Loving It was just not his best work. No, no. no but <laughs> yeah, what about his Frankenstein? Yes, uh, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, absolutely adore every frame of that movie. It's just amazing, and I love the, Peter Boyle. God, he was so good. The putting on the Ritz scene in that movie to me. Yeah. is one of the greatest scenes in cinema. Like, yeah. I just love that so much. Every once in a while, I'll just think about just that scene and mm-hmm. just start laughing to myself because it's so funny. And and Brooks didn't want it. He, I, I really? Read, I read a thing in Gene Wilder's book. There was He was saying that he and Mel Brooks just were in a fight about whether or not that was funny. And, and Mel Brooks finally said, fine, we'll do it. And they shot the scene and he didn't think it was going to get a laugh. Mel Brooks didn't until they showed it at a test screening and it just killed. So. 
So I have an, an audio book. I don't know if this is abridged because it's only two okay. hours long, but I got okay. it from Libby, which is the library app that allows you to download books and, mm, and okay. audio books for a brief period of time. Yeah. It's due in 20 days. I, I just borrowed it yesterday. But it's the Young Frankenstein story. And I, I haven't listened to it yet, but it says it was written by Mel Brooks. And I'm not sure if that's because he's like the primary interviewee, um, but uh, I'm, I'm have, excited to dig into that. So, yeah, I might have that somewhere. I it would go with my in my own collection, which is in another room. So, uh, OK, so one last thing I wanted to yeah. do is I wanted okay. to have you read just a selection. Okay. Um, and then okay. I guess I should say two last things, because there are a couple things that I wanted to Okay. Just briefly talk about that. I thought, wow, this really stuck out to me. But all right. Uh, yeah. I like I liked this one, and it, it's not. It, it's a little. It's a little dark, but I I, I liked this. It, this goes with you know the parts thing. Uh, this is toward towards the middle, I guess. The creature says, "All Father, I am not a man." I am men. There are others inside me, sewn into me. Sometimes I hear them. Sometimes I feel their thoughts. They are confused. They are angry. They are afraid. I ignore them. There is no original me. There is a real me. I wonder if Earth Father understood that. Did he think that maybe he could... He, Maybe that those he used would remember being alive? I do not think so, All-Father. I think he allowed his desire to be you confuse him, blind him. I am the one with someone else's eyes, and he is the one who is blind. I will make him see what he did. I will make him hear their screams. Then he will know. He must be taught to understand. That I will make I will make him know that death is not permanent, Amen. Uh, you know, to me that was that that sums up a lot of the whole, sums up this whole the whole book is. I am going to make him understand, and and part of it, you know, if you want to make the Jurassic Park, you know, reference <laughs> where you know you spent so much time figuring out if you could, you didn't understand that you should, you know, yeah, and yeah. the same with the, the Frankenstein. Dr. Frankenstein saying, I can do this. And well, should you? Yeah. 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 That's actually one of them that I had marked here. Okay. Was, cool. was that, that prayer there. Um, Cause what I like about, and what this is one that just really stuck out to me is that just the, obviously it's fictional, but mm -hmm. the, the honesty of, of the prayer and of the grappling. And mm -hmm. another one that kind of gets into that honesty is, uh, earlier in the book where again, he's kind of talking about um, eyes, but he's talking about his, uh, the blind man. He's like, um, yeah, I would give him my eyes, but I don't know how, if my father can make my eyes see, could he do it for that old man? Which fascinating idea right yeah. there. Like if he's able to stitch together somebody, uh, there's a fascinating idea for like a sequel is yeah. like Frankenstein using his power for good to, you know, transplant arms and eyes, and, mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. Um, but then he says, and this is fascinating, and this is something that I've grappled with in my own life. If the healer in your book could make the blind see, can you? And then it doesn't stop there. And then it says, why don't you? You know, yeah. and 
that uh like i said that's something i've grappled with one of the book one of the comics that i wrote is called the tempest and it has a moment where he's praying and he's just crying out and it, it's after um katrina and he's saying you calm the seas why didn't you do it now why you know and yeah. um and just that idea but again it gets into that God wants us to be honest with him. Yeah. God wants us. To, he doesn't want our prayers to come from a place of this is what I think he wants to hear. He wants to hear from us. He wants us. To, he knows what we're thinking. He knows what mm. we're feeling. He wants us to be honest with him as we talk mm. with him about it. And he wants us to give him uh, the truth, not for his benefit, but for our own. And mm -hmm. that's something that, that stuck out to me in, in all of this book is just the idea yeah. of you have this monster murderer but he's having these honest conversations about what he's doing why he's doing it with uh with god with the with the true creator my um, my my favorite god in or depiction of god in any movie book comic novel whatever has always been uh george burns in the movie oh god directed by Carl Reiner. It's so and old. It, 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 <laughs> I remember it, seeing commercials for that when I was a little kid. Yeah. Go back. That that movie shaped my own theology. Interesting. Where, where John, you know, the, John Denver is playing a, a guy named Jerry is saying, there's suffering in the world. You don't care. And God says, I do care. And the, Jerry says, but, but kids, you know, people are suffering. And God says, I gave you a world and everything in it. You can cherish each other or you can kill each other. It's entirely up to you. And that, to me, has been one of those those answers to that those theological questions of why God doesn't, why does God allow suffering? He doesn't. We allow suffering. We could cherish each other or we can kill each other. It's all up to us. Well, and then you also have that question in there of, why don't you do something? Yeah. And I think a lot of times God's answer is, I did do something. I, I put you there. Yeah. You're, is... you're there to, to be a part of that. Um, it's the old joke where the guy is, like there's a flood and the guy's sitting on top of his roof and it's raining and yes. he's praying like, God, save me. God, save me. And a boat comes by and says, hey, do you need help? No, it's okay. God's yeah. going to take care of me. God. And then a helicopter comes by. Hey, do you need help? No, it's okay. God's taking care yeah. of me. And then he dies in the flood and he says, God, why didn't you help me? I sent the boat. I sent, I sent you a helicopter. A I sent you a helicopter. <laughs> why didn't you do something about it? There was a third thing. I mean, jokes come in threes. I just yeah. couldn't remember what the third one was. Uh, but... it was I sent you, there was a boat and then there was a, was it a bigger boat? A raft? It or, might have, somebody yeah. wanted a raft, yeah. a little dinghy, and then a bigger boat and then helicopter. And yeah. I sent you two boats and a helicopter. Yeah. So something like that. Yeah. I, th I think a lot of it is up to us, you know, yes, God, you know, why didn't God save children or why didn't God, why does that allow childhood cancer? Well, we do. We could fix that. We just haven't, haven't, you know, if we put the resources and the money and the time into it, we could have cured cancer a long time ago, I think. And I say that with family who's died of cancer and just sit there by the bed and go, why is God allowing this? Or why does God allow suffering? I think it was a Mother Teresa thing. I'm trying to remember where someone said, why does God allow suffering? And she said, I think God allows suffering to end. You know, it's like he's not going to, you know, someone's suffering. I'm going to let your suffering stop. I'm not going to stop your suffering. 
I'm going to let it stop. So, yeah. and and then you take it into account just how little time on Earth is compared yeah. to eternity. It's a blink. You know, like this is this is a blink of an eye. Yeah. But it feels like it's forever. Like yeah. as we're in the middle of it, it yeah. does feel like forever. And yeah. Well, where can people find you and where can people find uh, the Frankenstein Book of Prayer? Well, the, hopefully the, there is a, you, you'll have the link on yeah. it. You can find the book on Amazon. Uh, I'm on, there, there's a Twitter. I started a Twitter account while Twitter is still here. Uh, <laughs> if, they, if they start charging it, forget it. But uh, Instagram, you know, the Frankenstein Book of Prayer on Instagram or find Steve Case on, on Facebook. I'd be happy to talk to anybody. Sure. Yeah, and what? so there'll be a, a link. I'm not sure if it's going to be a direct link to Amazon or if it will have links underneath it. Yeah. We'll also have links to everything he just said directly from the show notes here, okay. uh, whether it's on YouTube or on our, our StrangersAliens.com blog. But if you go to StrangersAliens.com slash Frank, that okay. will get you to the links that he just mentioned as well. So three places from my end that you can find him would be uh, strangersandaliens.com, whatever this blog post is, episode 409, 410, I can't remember, or uh, strangersandalien.com slash Frank, or the uh, show notes for this episode with that you're watching on YouTube. So those are the links, but then also, yeah, you can go directly to Amazon and just type in Frankenstein Book of Prayer and... It should pop up buy, pretty buy quickly. <laughs> Leave a review, please. Yeah. yeah. So, and I do think if you want to interact with a fiction in a way that you may not have done before, this is a great way that will cause you to think. It does. It does what good sci-fi and fantasy should do, which is um, there's a little bit of enjoyment, there's a little bit of appreciation of the the actual wordcraft, and there's also a little bit of engagement with the ideas, and so. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I was hoping it would be what it was, what it ended up being. So thank you, when, thank you so much. When I first contacted you. So yeah, yeah. So any final words? Anything you want to uh, leave us on before I I shut this one down? Uh, God loves all of us, even you, even me, all of us, even monsters. <laughs> even <laughs> when we think we're just monsters, you know, it, we're also part of the same loving God creation. And I just want to say thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for, uh, thank you, Steve, for spending time with me and having this conversation. But thank you listeners and viewers for spending time with us as we have this conversation. And until next time, Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening.
There's a little bit of Frankenstein in all of us. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Save yeah. that for the end. <laughs>